0: This is Higher Ed Heroes
1: with Dr. Sebastian Kemp and Dr. Alistair Stark.
0: Hi and welcome to Higher Ed Heroes, a podcast series brought to you by the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences at UQ. The podcast is about those little things we do in our university classroom, the little things that can make a big difference. My name is Seb and I'm joined here by my friend and colleague Al.
2: Hi everyone. The series is really motivated by our belief that what ultimately matters to the student experience is what happens in the classroom. In our universities we talk a lot about course design, teaching policy, teaching budgets, but what we don't often get to do is really talk about small examples of good practice that can have a really big impact. And so in Higher Ed Heroes we want to share those examples
0: by having conversations with great teachers conversations about the practices that they use to bring their classroom to life, and which they believe could be adapted by others to good effect.
2: Mm. And we're aiming to have those conversations without the kind of jargon that we often associate with our teaching committees in higher ed education. So this podcast is a buzzword-free zone. We don't want to use words like flipped classroom, blended learning, work-integrated learning, or research-led teaching. And if we do hear those words, which we think are better suited to teaching committees, this is going to happen.
1: For the last time, no!
2: (laughs) So we hope the buzzer will encourage us all to talk in everyday terms and to decode that jargon into everyday practice conversations. To get this
0: started, we are going to talk about how to use scenarios and simulations in the classroom. And for that, we are being joined by Dr. Caroline Wilson-Berneo, a lecturer in public relations at the School of Communications and Arts here at UQ. Welcome, Caro.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I know that one of the things that you do in your classroom is to really draw quite extensively on large practical simulations and scenarios and maybe to kick off our conversation here we'd like to hear a little bit about what is it that triggered you to use this as a tool and to integrate this for your students
1: I suppose I'm probably the kind of person that learns by doing. So I think it's sort of hardly rocket science that students would feel the same way, that if you can actually do while you're reading the theory that the process becomes a whole lot more engaging. So, yeah, I really try to scaffold whatever I'm doing with really practical experiences and, that yeah, give people real-life um, scenarios and experiences
0: and the real life scenario you're giving your students is about a water pipe that bursts in the center of Brisbane
1: in that case the one you're referring to is where we work with queensland urban utilities in um, crisis and in issues um, scenario so we create a crisis and issue situation which uh, are created in in conjunction with Queensland Urban Utilities that we announced to the students with very little warning. So they might have a week or less, sometimes a couple of days, uh, to which the students are then responding. And they're they're going through the process of uh, experience, what they might have to deal with, should they be working for that organisation in those roles. So things like um, dealing with the media, how do you preempt that, Um, What kind of messaging do you send out? Um, Who are the stakeholders? Um, so they go through quite an elaborate process, and and that does come with its own sets of sort of stresses and anxieties and pressures, but I think it's impossible to learn issues in crisis management if you're not exposed to those.
2: So factoring in the stress is part of it, you you want to see how they'll react in the, the real world of crisis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for example, for the issue activation, we throw the students in front of cameras with practising journalists, and the practising journalists... Ask them questions about the issue to which the students who have previously done media media training need to respond. So they need to practice techniques on camera of bridging and blocking and key messages, and they need to and they've really prepared for that in advance through um, a series of media trainings. Mm. Uh, sometimes that process can be deeply uncomfortable, but that is part of the learning. And then we provide those videos back to the students. And the idea is we have a, a tutor giving feedback obviously but actually it's by viewing how you perform yourself, um, and how you appear on camera, how you um, played out those techniques, actually that you're better able, y- your own criticism is often more important than any grade mm. somebody else can give you I find So
2: they're reflecting on a variety of emotions What kind of yeah. emotions do you see? Is it lots of stress, uh, excitement What do you A get? little
1: bit of everything, I think by the end of the course, students love it I get it it tends to get very good feedback but it's a journey so you know you're really kind of doing a deep delve into one organisation and client and learning everything there is to know about them and literally working with the senior management team of that organisation so Queensland Urban Utilities in in this um, course brings pretty much around 10 to 13 or more of their senior management um, team on on campus they sit in on student presentations um, they set the scenarios with us so they're very active in how they work with the students to make it as, as realistic as possible. And that's a really key component. It's, it's this really deep partnership with industry. And I find the benefit for that of students it goes beyond the classroom mm-hmm. because it's also about mentoring, it's about contacts, it's about relationships that, they, that the students then take out in the form of LinkedIn con- uh, connections at the very least or, or more often than that. It can be references, referees... Mm-hmm down the track we have students who have you know received jobs as a result of their involvement in the course and students who have gone overseas and participated in um actual events where you know water symposiums and things where they they've they've gotten interested in water management as a result of their involvement with Queensland wow. urban utilities so yeah it's it, it, the idea is to think of them as as a person going on an experience and i say to the students i regard myself less as a lecturer and more about an experienced designer that I want them to go on this kind of ride.
0: I would love you to encourage you to think or talk us through this from the perspective of the students right in the context of the course in which that crisis narrative is embedded in because then I think we can get a clear sense of where it is sitting, how it is designing the learning process.
1: The course is structured in two modules. The first module of the course is around issues management and the second module is around crisis management. In the beginning of the course, the students really... Take a deep delve into um, stakeholder engagement. So we're thinking about things like IAP two principles. What is that? Uh, I, it, it's community engagement. Actually, I'm going to buzz myself. No, all <laughs> you right, buzzed I buzz myself. You buzzed yourself, that's yeah, to, that's really, we said it's a democratic yeah, buzzer.
0: Anyone can buzz
1: it. Great. All right. Well, I'm there. Right. Um, so it, it is a set of principles that get you to consider stakeholders in a situation. So if I'm an organisation and I want to put a road through your neighbourhood, I have to think about all the different people that are impacted by that road. So that could be the Koala Foundation, it could be, you know, the Homeowners, cycle groups, etc. So we take them through a process of thinking about one organisation, the range of issues that could potentially impact upon that organisation, and the different stakeholders that are related to those issues. The students do extensive research on one organisation. For the last three years, we've worked with Queensland Urban Utilities, who really bring over 10, often around 13 experts on board their entire senior management team who in week four come in and meet with the students and brief them um, on the organisation. So, And then the students take a deep dive. They look at their their annual reports. They look at their website. They survey the media. They learn everything there is to learn about this organisation. And based upon that, they prioritise issues. So they think about what issues are most likely should they occur to impact upon that organisation? And they do that individually. Then following this experience, we then release an issue scenario that Queensland Urban Utilities has usually written in conjunction with us. So this lands on the students who only can have sometimes a couple of days, sometimes as much as a week, but not really a lot of time.
0: And what, what, sorry to interject, but what could an example of such a crisis?
1: Oh, so that, that again, that could be something like um, a burst water main in the middle of a city or something like that. It can really vary. We vary it every year. But it's something that's going to be an issue or it could be a a development that's contentious. For example, an issue might differ for a a crisis for an organisation like Queensland Urban Utilities, such as uh, there was a fire in Paddington a few years ago and there wasn't enough water pressure coming out of the the pumps to put out the fire. So even though that wasn't Queensland urban utilities per se that were fully responsible, they were still all through the media uh, getting negative press about it. So there's these sort of issues of managing these kinds of things. So we will... Expose the students to an issue, then we throw them in front of cameras where they then have to use the techniques that they've learnt, they're, they're, uh, and we've also put them through a pr- process of media training, and then they must respond to a practising industry journalist who is giving them questions as they would in real life. And so the students then need to practise these techniques in bridging and blocking and key messaging Responding to these questions, and then we provide them with the video afterwards. And of course, there's there's tutors in in the room who respond to that. Then in the second module, we move towards crisis management. So then we start to look at special interest groups. Um, so we get people like get up in the room, experts from there, World Wilderness Foundation, lots of different kinds of organisations, who have different um, interests and who have a key stake in managing public opinion. So we start to go deeper into crisis management. Then this the course end kind of moves towards a crisis activation, which we usually do around um, week uh, 11 or 12. And then the students are told a crisis. So the whole um, QUU team come in again, Queensland Urban Utilities team come in again, brief the students on a crisis that's occurred. The students in their groups then need to go off. They have about a week in which to work out how to respond to that crisis. Then Queensland Urban Utilities bring their entire senior management team back in again. And then they sit in in the classroom on the students who give presentations on their recommendations on how they deal with the crisis. How do
2: you get buy-in from the... uh the professionals do they are they happy to come in and enforce
1: yeah it? I'm uh, yeah I've been really lucky yeah. um next semester we're working with Brisbane Airport Corporation who are going to do something along the same lines what I find is the students get a lot from it because they have I already use industry tutors so my I'm already sourcing people who are direct from industry um but their industry tutors sit in and mark and then the Experts from, say, Queensland Urban Utilities or Brisbane Airport Corporation next semester will give that first-hand feedback as well. So they're not there to mark their work, but they're there to give them their opinion about how they can think about their responses in context of the particular organisation and carrying, helping them kind of carry forth and professionalise what they've been learning in the academic theory that they've been tracking, of course, alongside these experiences that they've been having all semester. It's usually a lot of fun. It it is stressful and the students do go through this journey, but I find and I hear a lot from industry, the students talk about it in job interviews a lot. It gives them... Something I suppose something to discuss Mm. from that perspective, it's really good as well. The
2: sheer scale of the industry involvement is really amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of logistics. Mm. um, But but, uh, it's totally worth it when you watch pennies drop, Mm. I think. And I think it would be really hard to get the same level of – the students say they get a lot out of the experience. And for me, that matters a lot.
2: I've got yeah. a cre- I have got run a crisis management course, so I'm really interested in this stuff. Oh, great! I'm oh, just really? thinking, how can I steal oh, all these yeah, ideas?
1: Let's I'm, talk, yeah. I'm sure
0: you have as many questions as I have, yeah. but maybe because you are... Oh, thank
1: yeah.
2: you. Yeah, you go ahead. I, I would like to know the scenario that you yes. give them. How do you, fi- you know, practically, yeah. how, is that just an A4 sheet with the details of it given to them that you map out with the industry people and then... Present it to them.
1: Um, well, the the presentation of the um, the crisis scenario is given in person. So when the whole industry, the QUU team or the Brisbane Airport, next semester, come in, we present it as a PowerPoint slide so we walk them through the crisis and we give them a good sense of some of the impacts so that they're really um, grounded in their understanding and then we make those slides available to them Mm. after that period Mm. and I usually get it filmed as well so that if people miss it or anything like that, 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 or they just want to record, you know, go back in the recording so they mm. can really...
2: And you could yeah. really adapt that to activation and decision making Absolutely,
1: that's yeah. exactly yeah, that's mm. totally the logic behind mm. it.
2: I've used simulations
0: in my courses but I haven't had this awesome involvement of stakeholders. But it was still an attempt, and it lasted for four weeks, to put theory to practice, and simulations can achieve this. But you take this a step further, right? You really bring the practitioners into contact with us, or students in contact with the practitioners through a scenario of crisis that you and the industry partners actually develop yourself. So, you know, do you have any reflections on what is the additional value that you get by really exposing the students as part of a course to these practitioners as opposed to just doing an abstract kind of scenario within the classroom itself?
1: I think the students see the relevance of what they're studying and the theory and the practitioners then are able to bring that to life in a way that even a case study in a textbook just doesn't doesn't do so I think that makes it really engaging. I also work with industry tutors so uh, and quite high level ones. I do that purposely because I f- think that the students get a lot out of the reflections of people who have been there doing what they're interested in doing. It also gives them a chance to expose them to t- different types of PR practice It's a kind of industry where there's lots, like my particular background is in sort of not-for-profit and art sector, and I've done a little bit of corporate. So it's a kind of like a smorgasbord of PR practice. So by having lots of different people from industry modelling lots of different types of practice they can think well I'm more of a not for profit kind of person or I think I'm more of a corporate comms or I'm more of an in house so it, it creates a framework for people to kind of scaffold those que- personal questions and I suppose the thing I haven't said is that we, reflection is a key part of this course so at the beginning of semester I hand out uh, something where I, uh, I ask them to answer some questions about what they think of themselves as practitioners, where they want to go, what they think you know, issue and crisis management is all about. And then at the end of semester, they reflect upon their learning journey. So I, I try to top and tail it so that they're thinking... Where am I at now? How have I grown?
2: And is that part of assessment, the reflective essay
1: style? It's just a short reflection, a thousand words, that goes with that um, final assessment, the crisis activation. I just think it helps them to round off some of those learnings in a way that they perhaps wouldn't get the opportunity to reflect upon what they've learnt if it wasn't kind of pushed into the curriculum I I typically find most students don't like reflecting I know I don't like being pushed into reflection either Mm. but I do think you can kind of deepen the learning by
2: Mm. I think it always works when it's reflecting on something really tangible
1: yes yeah rather
2: than something free-floating when it's quite tangible and something they've done
1: yeah Mm. I think and I think that's been a learning in another course of mine I think I get them to reflect weekly and I think it's too much reflection I, you know
0: I guess they are not getting they're not being marked on how well they perform during the crisis no. scenario but how well they can reflect upon their role during the scenario.
1: Absolutely and what they've learnt themselves as PR, aspiring PR practitioners with an interest in stakeholder communication issue and crisis management I that's love really the weird.
2: phrase experienced designer Yeah, I really think that's a really good phrase, right? Yes. You know, we we lecture, but we also create experiences in actually thinking about yourself as someone who designs. A, you said the word journey. Yeah. Really excellent in that regard. Yeah, maybe
0: in terms of experience, one of the things that would be interesting, and you might have another question as well. But for me, is the question over? You know, you've designed that learning experience for your students for someone who is tuning in to listen to us here and might feel hey look this could be perhaps something i could do in my course even if it's a course in a, in economics or mm-hmm. in chemistry or whatever it might be you know what's the kind of big advice that you would have for them for anyone who listens to this and thinking maybe i could do this what's the kind of thing you would advise them
1: don't be afraid to ask I think, uh, well, i found industry have been really supportive and can see huge value in mentoring young people to enter their profession, you know. I've, I've found industry have been fantastic partners and not in a way that dilutes the, the nature of the course, but actually that enhances and brings a level of meaning to the course that is significant to students. and. I know from this course a number of students have gotten jobs because of references, because of being able to talk about it at job interviews, because of contacts and things like this that they're intangible. We can enhance students' experiences by thinking of how to bring these things into the classroom for them a bit more. And it's not that hard. Mm. Yeah.
2: So that was taking me to my question, which is in departments or schools that are orientated towards media and communications that connection with industry is crucial absolutely crucial but that's not always privileged or prioritised in other schools and departments but what I'm hearing from your last answer was don't be afraid that you can adapt your model and try it on some level Mm. uh, regardless of what school or department you're in
1: Totally. Uh, I I mean, I've just been seconded to museum studies for a year where I've used a similar sort of approach and um, with Queensland State Archives, who brought similar level of investment in terms of staffing and energy, totally different discipline, Mm. yet very similar logics at play in terms of student engagement, industry involvement.
2: There is a tendency, I know when I bring people in from industry into my classrooms, it tends to be for guest lectures, and then you might encourage some networking and Mm. some connections that way, but this way seems, A, much more meaningful for them, much more exciting for the students, uh, and much more worthwhile for you, I guess. Yeah, and I think that might be a really good way to
0: wrap things up. It's been absolutely terrific great right. to have you on here and for you to share this with us so thanks for uh, coming if you who are listening in on here liked what you heard or feel that you are inspired by it or maybe you've got some ideas you want to share then please by all means uh, check out our twitter facebook and instagram accounts or you know find us on our website search us under higher ed heroes podcast we look forward to hearing from you
2: Thanks again for joining us in Higher Ed Heroes and we look forward to your company once again in the future.